Hey there, and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one fiery page of Talmud each day. And on today's page, Kiddushin 60, well, we start with a note of wonderful collective failure. Here, the rabbis tell us about a group of guys, a hundred guys, if you will, who betrothed the same woman. One says, uh, you are betrothed to me on condition that 30 days pass. And the second says, on condition that 20 days pass. And the third says, 10 day pass. And it's really kind of a weird, unclear situation in which you ask yourself, really, who, who here is betrothed? Who here is betrothing? What is going on? And the rabbis come in and say this. Ula says that Rabbi Yochanan says, even if 100 betrothed her in this manner, their betrothal is effective with regard to her. And similarly, Rabbi Asi says that Rabbi Yochanan says, even the betrothal of 100 is effective with regard to her. Rav Mehersheya, son of Rav Ami, said to Rabbi Asi, I will explain to you the reason of Rabbi Yochanan. These 100 men have rendered themselves like a row of bricks, each and every one of whom leaves a gap for the other. What a beautiful imagery. We're looking at these hundred men and they're trying to do something so simple and they're doing this in the most bumbling possible way. They are failing spectacularly, but their failure isn't failure at all, the rabbis tell us, because they stand together like a row of bricks, strong and yet porous enough to allow gaps for each other to come in. They learn how to fail better. They encourage each other. This brought to mind one of the most gorgeous essays I've read in a little while, and I wanted to invite the author to share this essay with us. Welcome to the show, Aaron Wexler. Thanks. It's great to be here. And so you uh, sent me an essay titled The Freedom to Fail, Applying a Jewish Conscience and the Meaning of the Chagim to Failure can help save America. And I couldn't agree more. And I think it's really deeply relevant to this nice imagery that we read in today's stuff and also deeply relevant to this time of year in which we've barely recovered from the high holidays and now have to continue living the rest of the Jewish year with the same, uh, hopefully, spiritual resonance that we picked up during the month of Tishrei. So will you share your essay with us? Absolutely. So let's start actually at the end. This Simchat Torah, as we do every year, we conclude the Torah with the Israelites as they are just about to enter the land of Israel. And you would think this would be a time for celebration. Yet instead, in those final moments, Moses details to the Jewish people how they have failed time and again and predicts they will fail again. Then, standing in sight of the most promised land, Moses dies, the greatest of dreams unrealized. And like a good first installment in a series, the screen cuts black and we are left on the edge of our seats. One of the clear messages that we take away from this ending is delivered throughout the Torah, which is failure is part of the program. It is both our opportunity and our onus to return from it. This is also a classically American concept, or rather it was. We were once a country that saw itself as a never-ending project. Alexei de Tocqueville observed in Democracy in America The greatness of America lies not in being more enlightened than any other nation, but rather in her ability to repair her faults. Something we've inherently understood as Americans is constantly striving towards the idea of a more perfect union. We love the comeback story, root for the underdog, and celebrate the triumphant return. But there is a crisis of the American soul today. The obsession with fixating on historical flaws has cut the legs off of what was once a unifying power. 
in the place of a shared history is a void now filled with the attitudes of helplessness and division. Our country has become sick with self-flagellation, cancel culture, and shame for the imperfect past. It is a shift that leaves no room for forgiveness. And a society that hates itself cannot survive. Rabbi Jonathan Sachs once wrote the question, how do you live with the past without being held captive by the past? Well, Judaism insists, a life without forgiveness of the past is a life without progress towards the future. We are a religion that does not shy away from our history. It is very unlike other religious traditions to tell of the catastrophic failures of their forefathers, yet we like to describe ours in harsh detail. Every major character you would expect to be a saint gets nailed with a major mistake. And in fact, there is apparently no machloket for the idea that failure is inevitable. It is understood that failure is written into the script. And this is true even down to the commandments. The Talmud tells us that both sets of the tablets, including the first ones that Moses broke when he returned to the scene of the golden calf, are together in the Ark of the Covenant. We see in Brachot 8b, that, quote, even though the first tablets were broken, their sanctity obligates one not to treat them with contempt. The sages tell us elsewhere in the Talmud, in Yoma 86b, that once you atone, you do not atone the following year unless you do the same sin again. Judaism instructs us clearly, keep the faith, remember the past. Neither shame nor deny it, but move on from it. Our story, complete with flaws, is what allows us to return. In another example in the Gemara, in Avodah 5a, we ask the question, why is it so important to mention King David's sin with Bathsheba? Why ruin the image of one of our iconic leaders? Rabbi Yochanan explains that that's exactly the point. David's moral collapse teaches us that we too can sin and repent, just as the generation of the golden calf shows that a community can do the same. Our free will begets failure, and we must believe in the pursuit of our own redemption and return. Now, this concept is both one of forgiveness and assignment. Judaism does not let us off the hook, and David pays for his mistake for the rest of his life. But even so, God still acknowledges David's greatness and makes him the father of all future kings. Responsibility and atonement in Judaism don't only mean shouldering the blame. We understand that the blood of our actions is on our hands, but it is also in our hands to fix it. Rabbi Sachs described in his introduction to the Koran Sachs Yom Kippur Machzor that there remains a core of worth that can never be lost. A guilt culture hates the sin, not the sinner. Repentance, rehabilitation, and return are always possible. So in other words, no excuses. The Jewish gladiator turned Talmudic scholar Reish Lakish, or Shimon ben Lakish, has an even more profound point. People start to die again after the failure of the golden calf, to which Reish Lakish comments that he would rather live in a world where people are imperfect and die than where they are perfect and live forever. If everyone can be perfect, he argues, then there's no room for growth. Rabbi Abahu extends this point by arguing that it is the Balchuva who can achieve higher than the Asadik. He takes the quote, peace, peace upon him who is far and him who is near, and he explains, quote, Peace and greeting is extended first to him and who is far, the penitent, and only thereafter is peace extended to him who is near. Brachot 34b. Not only do we not have a temptation to turn Jews into perfect saints, but we seemingly place increased value on those who have had the courage to raise themselves to a higher moral and spiritual level. Now, the Hasidic concept of Ratzov Vashov, run and return, echoes that inherent to the act of being alive is failing. 
there is no paradigm of constant growth. The Baal Shem Tov compares the need for failure in life to a parent teaching his child to walk. The father's goal as he moves his hands away is to let the child fall. When God accompanies us in life, he has to step back. Simply put, you cannot learn to walk on your own unless you learn to fall. Progress necessitates failure. Now back in the Tanakh, in a remarkable plot twist, Judaism extends the line of leaders from Judah instead of Joseph. Judah, who concocts the plan to sell his brother into slavery and sleeps with a prostitute who turns out to be his son's wife. And yet when choosing the future king of Israel, how is it that he is chosen to be the model? The answer is that Joseph famously avoids failure. Judah knows how to lead because he has lived and grown. The assumption of failure is so official, God even recalibrates and creates entirely new halacha with Pesach Shani. In this tradition, which will be our final example, it is almost as if God acknowledges it was foolish to think everyone would make it the first time. It is inevitable that there are always going to be the people who are impure or miss the train. Failure, again, is literally built into the system. America, on the other hand, has become exceptionally bad at handling her past. In one extreme form, failure is now treated by many as an indelible stain that can never be forgiven. Tear down the statues, rewrite historical events to suit a modern stomach, nullify any merits with any demerits. And at the other end, there is the total avoidance of dealing with failure. Give everyone a participation trophy, excuse bad behavior, coddle minds with the low expectations of a victim mentality. After all, there is no individual responsibility when the past is to blame. However you slice it, both tracks take the easy way out. Completely at odds with the Judeo-Christian values that form the bedrock of this country, they remove the core concepts of individual autonomy and liberty. How easy life would be with no expectation for change. Working towards ideals requires risk and hard work. Having a direct hand at the outcome means opening the chance to falling short. Failure is intrinsic to freedom. Yes, the United States has lost its center of gravity, but so did the Israelites. These were the people who witnessed God's miracles through the 10 plagues. Yet still, only Hamushim, one-fifth of Jews in Egypt, chose to leave. These were the Jews who witnessed the splitting of the sea, yet still built the golden calf. They received manna, and still the spies returned with lies. Today, we have miracles around us all the time. We have trees that grow and hearts that beat. But sure, we arguably don't have the same awesome in-your-face wonders. So perhaps we can be easier on ourselves for needing reminders when we fail to. The founders of both nations believed the continuing, ever-evolving stories of their people. We are two nations distinguished in our belief that nothing is predetermined. America, the great unfinished symphony. Judaism, with her forced mechanisms to remind us not to give up. It is the essence of the Chagim that begin with tshuva and close out with Simchat Torah. Just as we complete the Torah, we immediately start again with the first chapter. We are told clearly that it is only just the beginning. We must continue the story. So we end back at the beginning. Bereshit. Fail, the Torah tells us. Fail again. Fail better. It is so unbelievably Jewish to keep trying. It is so unbelievably American to do the same. Wow. Aaron Wexler, what a beautiful meditation. And thank you so much for this gorgeous essay and for being our guest. Thanks so much for having me. 
This has been Take One. If you enjoy the show, and I hope that you do, please go and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts and get your Take One t-shirts and mugs at tabletstudios.com. Each week, we will be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Daf Yomi. Take One is a Tablet Studios production. The show is hosted by me, Leah Leibowitz, and is produced and edited by Daron Rusquet, Quinn Waller, and Ellie Blyer. Our team also includes Stephanie Butnik, Josh Cross, Robert Scaramucci, Courtney Hazlett, and Tanya Singer. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash take one. Subscribe to our newsletter at tabletm.ag slash take one newsletter or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. You can find us on Twitter at takeone.fiomi or join our Facebook group by searching for Take One Podcast. I hope we have made your day a little more Talmudic.